forces are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Hey, welcome back to another show here on Winning Ponies. As you just heard, I am John Engelhart. I am a regular guy, and it should be a fun show tonight. We've got a new producer, and I'm hoping that I can get all of our guests straight because uh, I know that one of our guests has his mother's in the hospital and might not be able to join us, so I'm trying a backup. We'll see what happens. Either way, there's plenty of racing information out there that I can share with you. So our first guest scheduled is uh, Mike Battaglia. As you know, uh, a few months ago, he retired as Keeneland's on-air handicapper and racing analyst. It was, oh, I'm going to say maybe two years ago now, he retired from actually calling races at Turfway Park. Uh, But Mike uh, just kind of you know, even though that wasn't the toughest job in the world, being the on-air handicapper at Keeneland Racecourse, uh, he decided to take it easy. He's probably out playing tennis with his good buddy Chris Collinsworth someplace. But uh, there's going to be a real uh, fun day uh, Friday and Saturday at Turfway Park. If you may or may not know, it used to be called Latonia. And uh, they're going to have Latonia days. That's going to have memorabilia displays. They're going to show special films and photos, uh, including an old film that was uh, filmed at Latonia uh, back in the day. There was some big movie star in there. I'll figure out who it was. And, but the the other thing is, is Friday's feature race is in honor of Mike's father, John Battaglia, the $75,000 John Battaglia Memorial, and I was hoping to get him to chime in on that race. Uh, if not, I'll just chime in at forum. Uh, I did pull it down, and I've got a real personal angle in that race. One of the favorites is out of a mare I used to own. Happy to see that. So uh, Mike's going to be our first guest, and then our second guest uh, to help me handicap is going to be uh, Brian Zipsy. You know, we've had Brian on uh, quite a bit over the years. Uh, <coughs> very, uh, very enthusiastic, uh, passionate, and uh, you know, he he uh, was the uh, you know the managing editor of Horse Racing Nation, but he kind of backed out of that a little bit, and um, he's starting a new venture and. It's a venture that's going to take a long time. We'll try to see where he's gone with that. But he does still contribute on a regular basis to Horse Racing Nation. But he's just very enthusiastic. He's a good handicapper. And uh, we're going to get him on to talk horses. Mostly we're going to talk about the Kentucky Derby because the preps have already begun. And I hope you all had a great President's Day weekend, which meant extra handicapping and extra good horse racing for all of you to take in but it also means a lot of handicapping work so you got to come over to winningponies.com and pull down the easy win forms and uh we'll try to put a little green in your jeans now uh just this afternoon at the fairgrounds we had a one dollar super high five that hit for 974 a good week at Gulfstream uh on the 18th we had a $1 Super 5 that paid $2,082. Uh, then uh, just uh, oh six days ago, we had a $1 Super 5 that paid 
$1,791. So as we close in on these derby preps, there's going to be more and more uh, graded stakes racing. So uh, stay tuned and don't forget, get your easy win forms. Well, what a mare forever unbridled uh, been. She's going to aim for history by going against the boys in the $10 million Dubai World Cup. Uh, she's something else. You may recall last year how lightly raced she was, uh, but she went out on top and, and got a championship. But uh, Dallas Stewart is going to take a trip over to Dubai, I believe, for the first time. Of course, you may recall people say, well, where did this guy Dallas Stewart come from? Well, he was an assistant to D. Wayne Lucas, and uh, he was a big part of winning colors 1988 uh, winning derby team and uh so now he's out on his own he's 58 years old and uh he's fair to, trained his fair share of top fillies uh breeders cup distaff winner unbridled elaine kentucky oaks winner lemons forever and then it, it's her daughter forever unbridled uh that may be going to the dubai world cup uh She's a daughter of uh, the late Unbridled Song. So this would be very interesting. And luckily, she's owned by Charles Fipke, who really doesn't need the money, and he's a good sportsman. And uh, he decided to keep her in training rather than uh, breed her. I believe he still has her mother, Lemons Forever, in the breeding shed. So uh, yeah, she never really did leave training to go get uh, bred this year. So it'll be very interesting to see how she fares. She's six years old now, and uh, I guess she's going to ship out to the Maidan race course about 10 days out from the mile-and-a-quarter race. Uh, so he, it will be the first runner for him. Just to recap her career in 17 starts, Forever Unbridled has eight victories, has been in the top three 15 times, and last uh, year she was crowned America's champion dirt mare after racing only three times, but she won all three. Uh, the Fleur de Lee, that was a grade two, uh, then the personal Ensign, a grade one, and then, of course, the aforementioned Distaff. So uh, there was one one filly that ran second in the Dubai Cup. That was Japan's champion mayor to the victory who finished second behind Captain Steve. Now, uh, we're going around the world, and like we talked about a little bit with Frank Anks last week, uh, Japan and uh, England slash Ireland have races that are worth derby points, and it looks like Sumahama earned Japan spot in the Kentucky Derby uh, by winning his third straight race of the year this was the hyacinth stakes at tokyo race course so remember that name suma hama here in 30 points that's uh, pretty good now he's not nominated to the triple crown but if they decide to go there is late nomination and i'm sure with the money he's won already uh the owners probably got that in his glove compartment of his car so uh, and once again you recall sunday silence was shipped out to japan many moons ago and became their leading sire for years and years and sumahama is a grandson of his now mendelssohn is may take the european derby trail uh, remember now he came over won the breeders cup juvenile turf and uh there's actually three that Aiden O'Brien might be considered to see if they can get enough points to get the European road to the Kentucky Derby. You know, uh, now the one-mile races are all run over synthetic, all-weather racing surfaces, uh, but they do have qualifying points towards a spot in the Kentucky 
uh, Derby, uh, presented by Woodford Reserve now. No more yum. Uh, so uh, Aiden O'Brien, he's taken numerous shots at the Kentucky Derby and maybe taking another one. Uh, Mendelssohn was very impressive when he was over here on this side of the pond, as they say. Well, how about Dylan Davis, man? He tied a Naira record with six wins just four days ago. Six wins, including five straight to start the card. Uh, so obviously he got Jockey of the Week. Big surprise there. Uh, but it's so cool that uh, all, all six of his wins came on non-favorites. You would think after he won his first five, people would be loading up on the guy, uh, but they didn't. So, uh, you know, Dylan Davis, of course, the son of Robbie Davis. I believe he also has another brother and sister that are currently jockeys. I, Robbie's talking about coming out of retirement to have a uh, four Davis match race, shall we say, uh, somewhere probably in New York. Uh, and he says he's been trying to get fit and come back. He thinks it would be a great thing to, to ride against his kid. But congratulations uh, to Dylan Davis. Uh, you remember the Big Hoss, grade two winner, multiple course record setter. I believe he has one world record. He has been retired, and he's going to stand in the Buckeye State. He's a seven-year-old son of Lemon Drop Kid, and he is going to stand at Poplar Creek Farm kind of Ohio Stallion station. Uh, but uh, he came up with a little tendon issue. They were thinking about putting him back in training. And they said, you know, he's been too good to us. Let's, uh, you know, let's give him a shot at stud. Lemon Drop kid that likes the grass can run all week long. Well, uh, let's take a look at some of the races I handicap. Hats off to Frank Angst. Uh, he he gave us a couple long shots last week, okay? And uh, so uh, let's go to the Risen Star presented by Lamarck Ford. Ronnie, Malar Ronnie Lamarck singing a great song after the race. You know, he used to sing songs when he was racing Risen Star with Louis Roussel. And he came out and sang one at the Risen Star. Uh, the winner in there was Bravazo. A horse that I said could be an upsetter. Interesting. Um, Gary Stevens was scheduled to ride. He didn't, but trainer D. Wayne Lucas got leading fairgrounds rider uh, Miguel Mania to pick up the mount. Nothing wrong with getting the top rider. So uh, it was uh, a, a really solid race in there. A bravazo owned and bred by Calumet Farm. They're Coming back, folks, you're going to hear more and more about Calumet over the next couple of years. But hope you had the exacta. I had this horse in my exacta. And, uh, of course, like a sucker, I had instilled regard. who was so impressive in the LeCompte. Javier Castellano came in to ride. Didn't get the job done. I believe he ran fourth and still regard from the Hollendorfer barn. But underneath, I did have Frank's long shot at 41 to 1, Snapper Sinclair. Uh, Frank, long shot pick. Luckily, Frank did back him up. He called me shortly after the race and said, did you see that? By the way, it was a dirty nose that he was beaten by. Frank also had him uh, down in his long shot uh uh, pick to pick to win. So, uh, nonetheless, uh, uh, 
congratulations to Frank for uh, 41 to 1, giving us a long shot play. In the third spot was the previously undefeated Noble Indy. Uh, then out at Golden Gate Fields, uh, Frank's long shot was City Plan. He went off at 9 to 1, and he did get there. The Philly paved and uh, got, the, got the job done uh, at 2 to 1. So it will be interesting uh, to see if uh, uh, she perhaps uh, gets nominated to the Oaks now. Right now, she's not uh, Triple Crown or uh, Oaks nominated, but paved, trained by Michael McCarthy, ridden by the red-hot Drayden Van Dyke. Got the job done pretty impressively. Again, though, it was Frank's long shot city plan, 15 to 1 in the morning line. Ended up going off at 9-1. to one. Maybe people were listening. Uh, but City Plan ran second. And in the third spot was Blended Citizen at 10-1. to one. Again, that was the El Camino Real, I do believe they say. Uh, now, let's go to way down yonder in New Orleans. We played another one, and uh, finally some, some chalk got the job done, and that was Monomi Girl. Uh, and uh, this is a, one of the horses, uh, you know, that it really looked like Monomi Girl and Wonder Ghost, uh, Wonder Godot. Uh, so... Uh, they floated to the top, and Manami Girl got it done. Now, this was her first start of the season. She, uh, last year, just came up a neck short as odds on in the Golden Rod. Now, she, first start of the season, she's going a mile and 16th, and she wins as the odds on favorite, paying 380. Florence Giroux, who's been a boarder for the last three starts, had the mount and got the job done, trained by Brad Cox. She's a daughter of Tapazar. So, uh, Manami girl getting the top spot in the Rachel Alexandra, a grade two. In the third spot was the three classy act. And in the fourth was Wonder Godot, who I believe went off as the, the second favorite. Uh, down at Tampa uh, Bay Downs, uh, there's a lot of good racing, so keep an eye on that because we're going to see a couple derby preps up there. But again, the uh, the the holiday brought us some some really good races, and uh, uh, we want to tell you about the Southwest. This was a, a really really good race. Of course, uh, the standout in here was Moreno because uh, trainer uh, Bob Baffert. Um, he, come, he comes into Oaklawn and uh, just dazzles him this time of year. So Moreno uh, was, was the horse everybody was betting. But the winner, very impressively, was my boy Jack at 8-1. to one. Kent DeSormo took the easy way home, stayed along the rail, pulling a Calvin Burrell for his brother Keith, and uh, got the job done pretty impressively. 
reminded me a little bit of Exaggerator from two years ago. So my boy Jack on the Derby Trail is Triple Crown nominated. Second spot was Combatant, and third was the two Sporting Chance. Okay, well, that's a look at last week's races. Let's take a look at Friday and Saturday down in beautiful Florence, Kentucky. We're going to be talking with the former announcer there, but he's kind of a, uh, you know, uh, a hero to everybody that has been going to Latonia slash Turfway Park over the past decades. Mike Battaglia will be with us. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Battaglia is with us. A big weekend down in Florence, Kentucky. Of course, uh, the the race uh, dedicated to his father, the John Battaglia uh, Memorial be run. It's hard to believe this is the 36th running. I'm kind of dating myself and Mike, (laughs) but uh, nonetheless, uh, that'll be run on Friday. Mike, I I meant to call him and get him on the show months ago because it was announced back in October uh, that he was going to step down from his on-air race day duties at Keeneland uh, with the close of the fall meet. Uh, Of course, I believe he's still going to do the tracks morning line and do uh, picks, but uh, uh, Mike, uh, how is the life of retirement? I hear it's highly recommended. You know, I really don't know what to do with myself because I only have five jobs left. <laughs> but I, I just really wanted to get away from the day-to-day stuff. I really, you know, going back and forth to the track. I, I just, you know, I, I think I, I think I just ran my course. You know, it's, it's like uh, I was 
you know, I still love going to Keeneland. I love going to the racetrack. But the everyday grind, especially of trying to of traveling for me, that's kind of got me away from Churchill. And I, I just didn't really want to do it anymore, John, to be honest with you. And it just, uh, I don't know, it seemed like the time for me to go. Yeah, and, and your handicapping and your picks, I mean, you can do those from a computer or from your home. So, you know, yeah. I mean, if you look out the window and it's pouring rain and windy, you don't have to jump in the car and drive anywhere. No, and it's uh, really, I mean, I still do the line at Keeneland, Churchill, Turfway. I work for the Lexington Herald. I work for the Courier Journal. So, you know, I got still got, I got a few irons in the fire, so. I, I, I'm enjoying it. We just, as, I mean, we, we travel a lot, my wife and I. We, as a matter of fact, we're going to Florida Saturday. We're leaving the day after Dad's race, and going to Florida for five days just because we can get away. We just got back from taking the kids. We're taking a trip with my daughter and her husband and my two little granddaughters to Disney World. That was an experience, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. You got a good night's sleep after that, didn't you? Oh, well, well we, we were there. We, we, we were there four days. They stayed six. Wow. Unbelievable. Well, Mike, um, you know, it was funny talking to you the other night when I was just kind of recapping your career and stuff. I, I did not realize that you went from your first race call, and in, I believe you said, seven years, you were only 28 years old when you were calling the Kentucky Derby. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's it's true. I started, I, I and plus, I just, didn't even have any aspirations to be a race announcer. It wasn't like I was looking for it. It just, it just fell into my lap. Chick Anderson leaves a player. You know, he he quit a job and at Miles Park, and I filled in there. And then he left Churchill, and I uh, snuck in right behind him there. And that went from 1971, when I called my first race, to 1978, calling the Derby when I was 28. It, it, it really just makes no sense. <laughs> wow! It was wow. pure luck, right place at the right right time, and uh, you know, once I started doing it, I loved it. But it wasn't like you know, it wasn't like I set a goal and uh, you know, just set out to do this. Uh, that that is amazing. Hey, I want to flip the coin here for a minute, Mike. Who is your favorite announcer, either now or in the past? Chick Anderson has to be. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, I I just uh, that's uh, that's who I uh, followed and uh, you know in all my jobs and uh, that's who I, I watched call races and heard him call secretariat and you know it was, uh, I I just I don't know it was just Chick it always has been Chick. Now your entrance into the game, your father, as I stated earlier, uh, was general manager at River Downs and Latonia, and I'm guessing Miles Park. What 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 was your yeah. first entrance into it? Did he have you running programs up to the press box or something when you were a kid, or how how did he get you on track? Yeah, I was uh, I was started working on weekends on the uh, at, at the track when we were running, and I was. Uh, can't remember if I was first an usher. I think I was, where I'd you know wipe off seats, getting quarter tips from people that they walk them down. They don't even do that anymore. But like like at the ball game, we used to do that at the track. I'd wipe down somebody's seat, you know, bring them down to their seat. And uh, then I was uh, um, I was an elevator operator. I did that for a while, <laughs> and uh, I started. I worked as a money runner. This is back when you you had to actually grab the money and take it to the, uh, you know, like up to the fifth floor. People needed money to go back and forth. 
I did that, then I started working in publicity. I was a teletype operator. I did that, then I was assistant publicity director, publicity director. I did that, and then I started doing the morning line and the announcing. I just, uh, so I, I mean, I've been working at the track in some capacity since I was uh, 16 or 17 years old. That is great. That is great. Well, you know, it, it has played its course, Mike, and you deserve time to go travel with your wife. But the great thing is you're yeah. still keeping your hand in it, you know? Oh, I yeah. Mean, yeah. You know, I always, you know, I owe so much to to horse racing, to Kentucky horse racing and all the people and the and people at NBC. I mean, I couldn't do it if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for, for, for the NBC job. I couldn't, couldn't retire when I wanted to. But, you know, it was just, uh, it, it, and that was another thing that was just, you know, I got lucky, right place at the right time for that. So, you know, you have to you have to know what you're doing, but it, it just really helps to get breaks and to, uh, uh, you know, to have people in your corner. Uh, I, I, I do have to ask you, back when you were uh, 20 years old, how big were the butterflies in your stomach when they played my old Kentucky home and you realized you were going to be calling the Kentucky Derby? You know, the fact that I was only 28 and I was – Still kind of dumb, and it, it didn't really set in. I don't think I realized it at the time. I look back on it now and think, "What the heck was I thinking? Why? Why did I think I could do that?" You know, <laughs> it's just, uh, and and but it was it was funny. From uh, most of my most of the races, most of the derbies I called, uh, I had Tom Hammond up in the booth with me, and he would do the post parades. And when they were playing my old Kentucky home, I was warming up horses. I didn't want to listen to that. I didn't want to start to listen to my old Kentucky home and choking up and all that, you know. So Tom would do the post parade. I'd be warming up horses. Then they'd play on my old Kentucky home, and I was kind of like, you know, don't want to listen to it. <laughs> not, no, not, no, no disrespect, man, but I just didn't want to get kind of, you know, caught up in the emotional part of it. Right, right. Just stay focused. That, yeah, that, stay that, focused. That, now, who, who won the first Kentucky Derby you called? Uh, I think it was a horse, if I recall, called uh, Affirm. I think I remember him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That, see, my, I, I started, my first derby was 72. My first morning line was 75. So I cut my teeth on horse racing, actually. I'd been working a track, but in the 70s, which was the best decade, in my opinion, ever, for I believe it. racing. I mean, we had three triple. We had secretary. We had Seattle Slew. We had a firm. Throw in spectacular bid. Who should have won the triple crown? We had Reaver Ridge in there. We had Ruffian and Foolish Pleasure in their big match race. I mean, you you had that was a decade just full of great horses. Absolutely, and one that always comes to mind to me in that mix is Forgo. I mean, that was back in the day Forgo when you had it, yeah, you yeah. had handicap horses that carried one hundred and forty one pounds. Yeah. And Forgo ran in the Derby too, you know. He he yes. was fifth. Yeah, he uh, was against, fifth against in the Secretariat, derby. right? Yes, yes, Secretariat Derby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't remember that, you know. Oh but, uh, yeah, you got to remember Forgo, and I mean, it just like I said, it was just uh, to me, it, it was the greatest decade for horse racing. Absolutely, and you were there. I know I was there when yeah. they had Forgo Day at. I believe it was still Turfway Park, and Steve Cawthon, who never rode there officially, I don't think, came out and rode for go in the post parade before the crowd that night. Yeah, yeah. Cawthon is, you know, he's just been so, um, he's been a great ambassador 
for racing. So Steve has, you know, Bud Walton, Kentucky goes to England, wins the Derby at eighteen. He's just he's been fantastic. I think. He is, and you're going to get some uh, spend some time uh, w- with him over the next couple of days. Uh, uh, tell us a little about about Latonia days. I did mention on the show last week and touched on it at, at the top of the show, but this sounds like it's going to be a great uh, you know blast in the past with some of the people you got. They're going to be spinning stories. Yeah, it should be fun tomorrow night. We're before the before Dad's race. Before we start, we've got. Uh, some of the past presidents of Turfway. We've got the jockeys there from the, uh, you know, raising money for the Disabled Jockeys Guild. That's what it's all about, helping out the, the jockeys, like the disabled jockeys. Uh, we've got, uh, I, I don't know exactly who's going to be there. I have not seen it. I was hoping Dave Vance was going to be there. I think he still might, but I, I, I know Bob Elliston's going to be there. I know Steve Coffin's going to be there. Mike Manganello, Derby winner, he's going to be there. Uh, some uh, who else? I think Dick Cummings who used to run the track. He's going to really there. maybe Damon oh, Fair. Yeah, I'd love to uh, see Dick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that... oh, and, and just and and, and 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 some more too. I, I know Jerry Carroll. I, I assume his name's on the list, and I you know I I think Jerry Carroll will definitely be there. Mark Simmendinger is going to be there. So it it it, it, it would be fun. Uh, now, of course, you know, I recollect the days and probably have a photo of when just before Jerry Carroll took over and it changed over to Turfway Park, when if you walked yeah. around the tote board, it was actually being held up by two by fours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, it was it was it was falling down. There's just no doubt about it. Literally, it was it was ready to go, literally falling down. And uh, Jerry did a great job coming in because, you know. Everybody did. Well, my father died in '81. You know, he he had big visions for the spiral stake, but uh, he he really didn't get to see it come to full fruition. But you know, when Dave Vance took over after he left, he was instrumental in getting Jim Beam as a sponsor, which which got the race into national prominence. When Jerry Carroll took over, I mean, he really built the racetrack up. We had great uh, uh, spirals and beams and. Uh, uh, gallery furniture. I don't know. There was so many names, and plus the Kentucky Cup. Uh, it was just, uh, it, you know, we're, we've fallen into some hard times maybe lately, but uh, we can always get back. Well, I saw the renditions of the proposed uh, renovation of the grandstand. Yeah. It's uh, it's right. pretty awesome. Uh, that jet was just announced yesterday, I believe. And hey, what's your read on the Jeff Ruby Stakes? I hope you and your wife get a seat in the tent that day. <laughs> S T E A K S. Remember that. Right, right. The, the, that, Jeff Ruby, the Jeff Ruby Stakes. So yeah, well, Jeff's been a friend of mine for a long time, and uh, you know, we had a little press conference, and he's in there. He's uh, putting up some purse money. He's doing the the, the uh, uh, food in the tent, and uh, he's Jeff has been. Uh, you know, everybody sees his pants now. You see all the jockeys wearing his pants, and it, but this isn't something that he just came into. Uh, Jeff Ruby's owned horses. Uh, matter of fact, he, he owned a horse uh, with uh, Chris Collinsworth and Turk Schoenert, one that yep. uh, and I was not part owner, but I, I was the one that bought the horse for him. Back in the 80s, it won a stakes race at, uh, at uh, uh, back then, Latonia, a horse called uh, Controversial. So yes. he, he's been he, he, he won, for a long time. He's, yeah, he won he one at River Downs. I got a picture yeah. of those guys watching the morning workouts one day. Yeah. Oh, it's fun. Yeah. It's a funny photo yeah. to see how young they are, Mike. <laughs> 
Oh, I know. Yeah, that was uh, that was. Uh, it was in the eighties, in the mid eighties, I think. And uh, so he's been he's been in this game for a long time, and he he legitimately loves thoroughbred racing. Well, it, it, I think it's going to be a, a fun uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, I know uh, a good part of it is open to the public. Uh, some of it is a uh, private party, but it sounds like it's going to be one heck of a party. And uh, mm-hmm. tickets are still available from what I understand. Uh, the one guy you're going to have is uh, Jim Claypool, who's... Oh, yeah, no- Jim's going to be over there. He's, yeah. he's, he's a, he knows more about Turfway than any of us. <laughs> right. Yeah, he knows about old Latonia, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's, oh, it's, yeah. It, it's $50 a person, and the dinner is open to the public, so they just need to call Turfway and see if there are tickets left. Of course, after this show, they'll be sold out yeah, right away. Once they yeah, know I, they- I think it opens at 5 o'clock, and uh, the dinner, it, 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 we, you know, it's, it's not going to be something we're going we're gonna to bore them with. They'll, they'll be out of there, and oh, I, I think they said, uh, you know, at 6.30, quarter to 7, it'll be over. Yeah, it says, uh, you know, plan for 5.45 to 7 o'clock. And then, of course, on to John, yeah, John Battaglia. Uh, uh, did, did, you, uh, I, did you do the morning line for that race already? Anybody you liked? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, it's, very, it's a good betting race. There's a horse yes. called Roaming Union that just broke his maiden by 12, got the biggest bar. So you know he's going to get some play. Uh, this is the horse Kelly Breen shipping in. And Martin Garcia coming in to ride the horse, and he'll probably be the favorite, although I got him 7-2. to two. I kind of think Kenny McPeak's horse has got a big shot. Sky Promise, I made him 6-1. to one. Uh, He's only had one race this year. It was back in January, and I thought he ran a good race. He came from dead last and got these four lengths. I watched him galloping out. looked really good. Kenny uh, has won this race, dad's race, twice, including last year. He he gets his horses ready. He, 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 he likes to to win this race. He likes Dad's race. He likes the Spiral, and uh, I'm thinking that his horse, his guy, I haven't talked to him. I've talked to him before the race, but I haven't talked to him to find out the real lowdown on the horse, but that's that's the one I put on top as my pick. Well, I kind of like a horse you made five to one, truth be told, because oh. I used to be part owner of the dam, pay the toll. Uh, yeah. You know, trained by Jeff Greenhill. Her last two starts at Turfway were really pretty good. impressive. Yeah. Yeah, really good, especially the last one. I mean, she, uh, he just he just drew off and won by almost eight lengths. I was I was impressed with that race. Uh, that was uh, uh, he got pressure on the front end. It was kind of slow fractions, but uh, I, he, of, of the locals, I definitely think he's going to be tough. I'll be rooting for him and Jeff Greenhill and my, my old mayor, pay the toll. Well, Mike Battaglia, I'm going to let you go. Uh, continue living the life, having a great time. Yeah. And, and uh, enjoy Latonia days uh, over the weekend. Thanks, John. All right. Take care. That was Mike Battaglia. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with my man, Brian Zipsy. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with us tonight, a gentleman I've had on often, Brian Zipsy. I love having him on because he's a fan of the sport. He didn't get this game because he wanted a job or something. I mean, he fell in love with some of the greatest horses that ever ran, Secretariat, Ruffian. He's followed all the horses through the next generation. Uh, but, you know, to, you know, create, uh, you know, Horse Racing Nation, uh, very fast-growing uh, racing and news site. Uh, he still con- continues to uh, contribute to that site, but he's no longer day-to-day managing editor from what I understand. And I'll let him explain that a little more longer. But um, he's had... Uh, Different, very creative jobs in racing uh, involved with the management of Derby Wars, uh, and he's taken on some new challenges now. So, Brian, welcome back to Winning Ponies, my man. John, it's always good to be here. I, I hope we don't talk about me for too long because that will bore people. Let's talk about <laughs> horse racing. Well, okay. Well, we will talk about horse racing. Well, in particular, I told you uh, when we've been in contact this week that uh, I wanted to, you know, it's early, but it's time that some horses are, are, are catching some headlines. And I'm talking about, you know, some of our uh, derby preps and even some Oaks preps are coming up, but primarily, you know, the, the, the derby horses. Uh, I'm guessing on Monday you took a break from whatever you're doing and had a chance to watch the Southwest Stakes from uh, Oaklawn. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of rain down in, uh, in Hot Springs, Arkansas this uh, winter, so it was another, another muddy track at Oaklawn Park and... Uh, Sure enough, uh, Keith DeSormo, Kent DeSormo teamed up, won another big three-year-old race with uh, with a horse in the mud, kind of uh, bringing back shades of uh, Exaggerator from a few years ago. Exactly. But my boy Jack, he, he looked good. He came up that rail. The rail probably was the place to be on Monday, and uh, it opened up for him, and he just blew by and won easy. And last year he was a turf horse. Now he's, uh, now he's a derby contender, so... You know what, John? Last year we saw so many different winners of all these preps. 
I'm not a big fan of that. I like to see when when horses kind of establish themselves, win or lose in the Kentucky Derby. I like to see some some big names run in the Derby. So I'm hoping for a little a little bit more a semblance of uh, uh, of of some form going into the Kentucky Derby, and and I think we will see that more this year. But so far, it's been a little bit like last year, where you you just don't know going into these preps what's going to happen. And that shook out in the Triple Crown races, uh, three individual winners of the Triple Crown last year. I mean, uh, the uh, the division didn't really shake itself out <clears throat> until a little bit later in the year. And, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> I, too, like uh, kind of a rooting interest. I, uh, Of course, I'm going to show my age, you know, a, a Seattle slew coming into the Derby undefeated, you know. Uh <clears throat> Horses that you're really kind of thinking, is this the next super horse? An American pharaoh for uh, people that are just joining the game right now and the excitement that that brings uh, to to the game, uh, you know, and it brings attention to our sport. And particularly if you get uh, a horse that, uh, you know, might at some point have, have a shot at winning the Triple Crown, which if you think about it, Brian – it's happened a lot over the past decade, but nobody ever got there. I'm just so glad that American Pharaoh won the Triple Crown for this reason only, to shut up the naysayers, the people that want to change the distance, change the dates, you know, make you run in every race, uh, you know, whatever. You know, you heard so many different theories because it couldn't be done to the horses of this generation. Well, it can. If you've got a sound athlete and he's brought along by the right connections at the right time the triple crown can still be won and american pharaoh proved it uh and hey i hope we got another one this year but right now i don't know who that is i guess we're gonna have to wait and see um good magic i understand his works are good i tried to go up last night and try to find him but in my stumbling around the internet, I didn't get any, but they, they say he looks really good in his works. Of course, last year, he's crown champion off his uh, Breeders' Cup juvenile win. Uh, we'll find out. You know, he's uh, Chad Brown trained, Jose Ortiz rides. Uh, you know, hot names in the news right now. Uh, you, you got any input on good magic and uh, the fact that it uh, looks like he's going to show up, they're thinking, in the fountain of youth. Yeah, well, you know, I, some of my favorite years for, for uh, Derby Trail and then Kentucky Derby and through the Triple Crown, John, were, were born from rivalries. I love, I love a good rivalry, and, and horse racing can be a great sport for rivalries. We haven't seen enough lately, but rivalries like affirmed in Alidar 40 years ago, what a, what a rivalry that was. And then, and then more recently, well, not too recently, I guess, but... Silver, uh, Silver Charm and Free House, Captain Bodget was was a great series. Uh, Sunday Silence and Easy Goer became a rivalry. They were East Coast, West Coast. They became right. a rivalry in the Triple Crown. And those were memorable, special runs, whether it was a, a Triple Crown winner or not. Affirmed was, of those rivalries, Affirmed was the only one that got the job done with Ali Darnip and at his heels, all three races of the Triple Crown. But I would love to see a rivalry. And, and, and to, to answer your question, you know, maybe we saw the beginnings of a rivalry last uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile because I think the best two for me was Bolt Doro. Bolt Doro ran so many good races last year, uh, three for three, and really impressive. His front runner, 
I thought was the most impressive two-year-old race of the year. And then in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, John, he just he lost all kinds of ground, got an awful ride, was way hung out way wide on the first turn, and never really got away from being wide. And I, I thought it was a very good performance to be a clear third behind Good Magic, and Good Magic certainly ran a good race. You know, I, I, I'm pretty sure, John, he's the only horse ever to be named two-year-old champion with one single win. He was a maiden. I know. Into, yeah, I mean, he, he ran well. He was second. Uh, he was second in New York in a maiden race, and then a uh, good second in the Champagne. So he had some credentials. But I was surprised when he won the uh, the Eclipse Award, to tell you the truth, off that one win, and, and especially since Boltoro really did have strong credentials and an excuse. So for me, I'm almost more excited about Boltoro coming back. It'll probably be the week after the Fountain of Youth which is March 10th in the San Felipe. And I think he might have more competition as well uh, in that race, the San Felipe, because I'm sure Baffert's going to run one of his big boys. He's always got a, he's always got a stacked deck this time of year. And uh, his two most accomplished three-year-olds, I guess, so far are uh, McKinsey and Solomini. And one of those will probably head to Arkansas, but one will be in the San Felipe. So March 10, Boltoro returns. March 3, though, you're right, Fountain of Youth, uh, good, good Magic is working well uh, in Florida for Chad Brown. The son of Curlin uh, really looks like he's uh, a horse who should only get better as he develops physically, and, and, and certainly his sire was like that Curlin. Uh, good Magic, yeah, we could see Strike Power, we could see Free Drop Billy, a few interesting horses, but Good Magic uh, should be a clear favorite in a week and a half, nine days for the Fountain of Youth. I think we're waiting for those two really to come back because everything I've seen so far this year makes me think that maybe those two really do stand above. Of course, they they have to prove it this year at three. They have to return to their good two-year-old form. But um, maybe we got something special happening on each coast where we have a standout on both coasts, and that would set up for a wonderful Kentucky Derby. I, I, I'd love to see it. Well, uh, you know, again, in the in the Florida Derby, uh, where uh, Good Magic is pointing, um, we're, we're going to get another look at the Audible, uh, who, uh, you know, put in a pretty impressive run in, in the Holy Bull. Uh, so we'll see if that huge improvement is legit, but it, it was a big race for, uh, for Audible, for sure. Yeah, Audible uh, was, is a New York bred who uh, who started out uh, running against New York breds and was in a, a turf race taken off the turf late last year and, and, and kind of uh, on the field at 3-10, to 10. so clearly he was getting better at two, but the competition was super light, so... What he did in the Holy Ball, uh, beating some good horses, and including Free Drop Billy, was was impressive. He did it the right way. Just as I said about Baffert being loaded, uh, Pletcher certainly, Todd Pletcher certainly has a bunch of interesting-looking horses. Audible being the most noteworthy, I guess, after that Holy Ball. Uh, there, there's a lightly-raced horse that just won a lounge race at Tampa Bay that I'm kind of high on. Uh, and Pletcher has a bunch of these lightly-raced, oh, good-looking horses. But yeah crazy how many he has, but Magnum Moon is the horse I'm talking about, a son of Malibu yes. Moon, who won nicely at Gulfstream in a sprint, then stretched out at Tampa Bay and looked good doing it, so uh, another one on the list, and Bass, getting back to Baffert, you know, Justify wowed everyone with his debut last week. I was only seven for a long, but 
we knew about Justify for a while. Clockers have been high on him, and uh, Baffert's saying even though he had a mid-February debut, he's going to have him ready for the Derby. So that'll be interesting to see how how uh, quick that horse can come along, uh, being such a late uh, uh, late starter to, uh, for his first race. And of course, both of those horses I just mentioned uh, are dealing with the uh, the curse of Apollo. No horse has won the Kentucky Derby when they didn't race at two for well over 100 years uh, since Apollo did it. So, lot to look forward to. Mostly, though, I'm looking forward to seeing if, if Good Magic and Bolt Doro can, can continue what they showed us last year. Well, uh, the one horse you didn't mention that kind of caught my eye last week was uh, Bravazo. Um, I, I mentioned this horse on the show. I thought he could have been an upsetter in the in the Risen Star, but one of the reasons was I was thinking, oh, Gary Stevens come in to ride this race. He doesn't. Leading rider Miguel Menu takes over and just put in a sensational race uh, and uh, turn back the clock. D. Wayne Lucas, he ain't done yet, Brian. That's that's pretty cool. He's he's eighty two, John and. And, you know, he's still up on horseback out in the mornings and still uh, still doing the dirty work with his stable. So uh, good to see D-Wayne, of course. You know, it, Breeders' Cup started back in 1984. And back in those days, uh, D-Wayne was the dominant trainer in the country. And, uh, you know, he uh, he won more Triple Crown races and more Breeder, Breeders' Cup races than anyone. And in a span of about 15 years, it was it was something to see how how many good horses he had in his stable at any given day. And now, you know, we're, we're talking 20, 30 years later and, and he's still, he's still getting it done. He still had real legitimate horses, uh, Oxbow and Bravazo reminds me a little bit of Oxbow. Oxbow wasn't a great two year old, but he showed flashes just like Bravazo. They're both sons of awesome again for Calumet Farm. And Oxbow came around at three and, and, and won the Preakness eventually. Bravazo, I don't know if he's that good yet, but uh, I was impressed with his uh, first race of, of the year, uh, winning an allowance at Gulf, uh, at Oakland, where they just, you know, pulled away from everybody else in the field. The horse he outgame to the wire, and then, and then he was game and brave again, uh, beating Snapper Sinclair in the in the Risen Star. So interesting horse, and uh, Lucas has him. And uh, a sporting chance uh, who won the, uh, the hopeful last year, that crazy hopeful, uh, came back. And I thought he ran well with some trouble in the Southwest. So D. Wayne Lucas is definitely on the Derby Trail. And if he's on the Derby Trail, John, you can pretty much bet that he'll be in the race. Yeah, so let's not forget Take Charge Indy, the great job that that, that he did with him. So uh, it, it's just it's a great storyline, and you can't keep a good man down. And then you look at some of his graduates, you know, Dallas Stewart, Mike Maker, that used to work under Shed Row, and how much they learn from the coach. As you know, he used to be a basketball coach back in Oklahoma. And uh, he, like Baffert, started out with quarter horses. And uh, it's it just whoever writes the book about that guy, it's going to be a good one. I can tell you that. Interesting, for sure. And you know, the, the, the first horse I remember for D. Wayne Lucas was a horse called Codex. And Codex, of course, is best known for the infamous Angel Cordero ride when he won the Preakness over Genuine Risk. And Cordero rose, race rode the Philly uh, pretty severely on the far turn of the Preakness. Codex probably was yeah. best that day. And Codex 
was a horse who who wasn't a, uh, wasn't the most consistent or wasn't a top two year old either, but he just developed for D Wayne as a three year old. Oxbow will take charge. Uh, charismatic. Lucas has made a, a career out of uh, developing horses while racing them. You know, he's not one to to come into a big race with two lifetime races. He races them and and they get better. And it looks like Bravazo is another good example of that. All right. Well, uh, my producer, Josh, is telling me we only got about four minutes left. Did you get a chance to look at the Hales Hope or the Daytona out at Santa Anita? Yeah, you know, the Daytona, it looks like the favorites to me, John, are, are, are the ones to beat. Stormy Liberal, of course, won the uh, Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint last year with some good odds, which was nice. Uh, but he's only had one race overseas and might be might be a tough spot for him. So the other favorite calculator was a perfect record on the downhill course is the one to beat for me there. But in Florida, I'm very intrigued by the House Hope. It's kind of a strange race because so many of them are kind of horses coming back that, that might really have good years. Horses like Irish War Cry right. and the Legacy and Send It In. I'm going to give you a horse who's listed at 20 to 1 on the morning line. There's a lot of speed in here. And Giuseppe the Great for, for Nick Zito is a horse who ran a lot of good races last year. He can close. If this pace is fast, I'm not sure he'll win, but I think Giuseppe the Great is a good play to get into the exactor, the trifecta. And 20 to 1 on the morning line, he's actually uh, one of two horses that are the longest shot on the board. So I'll be playing him a little bit in the house hope. Yeah, and it's interesting to see that uh, uh, Nick Zito has decided to throw blinkers back on him. So uh, we'll see what difference that makes. You know, most trainers try it out in the morning. It's not like they just decide, I think in this race I'll do this. And uh, so, uh, you know, I think he's a legitimate long shot, too. I was looking at him, and I really don't see a solid favorite, though I, I do think it's a good spot for uh, Irish War Cry to come back. I, I really don't think uh, he's much more than a mile horse. Don't take that the wrong way. Who's ever listening to me, even though he's by Curlin. But, uh, you know, I, I just think that uh, a little bit of a shorter distance, if you look at his races, a lot of times he's right there with the pace, and then he fades in the final furlong. You know, a mile might be just right and if anybody knows how to bring a horse up to a race well it's grand motion so and uh, having jose ortiz in the saddle isn't going to hurt you so i'm going to take a look at that horse especially knowing that my fine mother margaret robriston would be betting that (laughs) horse irish war cry so um and and he's a he's a jersey bred like me john so i i have a little uh rooting interest there as well there you go. There you go. You know, in this day and age, Jersey bred, New York bred, Florida, it doesn't matter anymore. I mean, the bloodlines have been spread around the country so well, especially the New York program. They pop up everywhere. I remember, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was a joke, and now it's like they're serious contenders. Of course, funny side kind of proved that. Well, my producers tell me it's about time to get on my horse and ride out of here. Brian Zipsy. Thanks so much for taking the time to be with us. I love talking horses with you, and I know I'll have you back again as we travel along the Derby Trail. Always a pleasure, John. Thank you. I, I'm happy to be on any time, and, uh, yeah, can't wait to talk more Derby and everything else horse racing with you sometime soon. Uh, you're the best. Thanks, man. Brian Zipsy. 
Horse Racing Nation founder, and uh, now he's on different projects. He still does keep a hand uh, into uh, that website. want to thank uh, Mike Battaglia for taking the time to be with us. Some great stories there. Mike's always got new stuff to uh, to tell us about in his life. Uh, I, I want to thank our uh, guy breaking his maiden at the producer's booth. Josh is uh, our producer this week and he did a great job considering the curves i threw at him so for brian zipsy mike battaglia and josh i'm john Engelhart. thanks for listening to winning ponies remember when you go to the races bet with your head not over it thanks for listening to winning ponies with john Engelhart. we know the information from today's show will help you at the next post keep listening for more next thursday at 8 p.m eastern time 5 p.m pacific on the voice america sports network